Hello and welcome to Simply Edify's podcast. Our goal is to encourage women as we navigate the messiness of life through biblical studies, personal stories, and practical tips that bolster our walk with Jesus daily. Thank you for joining us in our episode today. Welcome back. It's been a little while, but we are jumping back into our study of the B-Yees that we find in the New Testament. And today we're going to be talking about be ye kind, which is something that we say often since we have children running around, but it applies to adults just as much as it does kids. And I will be talking a little bit more than April today because we are getting used to the time difference. And also there seems to be a little bit of like some lagging going on with our internet connections. We're halfway across the world from each other right now. So I'm trying to make that work, but you get to listen to me just a little bit more today to help with our editing in the end. So yeah, it should work out. Okay. Yeah, We're going to make it work, but I am excited about this one because like we just, I just said, it's something I say often and I think it's very important and we kind of push it off on children. Often we expect kindness out of children, but we make more excuses. I feel like as we get older, when we do not practice kindness, because, you know, we have lots of reasons that we can be upset and that we feel justified in responding to situations with reactions that mm-hmm. are not tempered with kindness. So I think that it's something we actually need to stop and think about, maybe a little harder than we have for a while, because it is important. And also, like the point that made that is just perfect is that kindness does not equal niceness. Yes, that's an absolute pet peeve of mine and a soapbox I have gotten on too many times because I, I've realized in my own life that I have substituted niceness for kindness. But the problem with niceness, I'm not even sure if that's a word, um, being nice is that I am much more concerned with how I appear to others than I am in actually caring for them. So a silly example was if you were sitting across from me with something in your teeth, the nice thing to do would be to ignore it, carry on the conversation, let you go your merry way. And neither one of us was uncomfortable in that situation. The kind thing to do would say, be, hey, you've got something in your teeth before you go talk to someone else. Maybe you should get it, you know, finding a nice way to do it. But that would be kindness. It would be uncomfortable for a a second. I would feel a little uncomfortable seeing it. You would probably be a little embarrassed for a second, but we would both away knowing that that was a kindness, hopefully. Mm -hmm. There's a distinct difference. And I think the expectations that we have on ourselves and even like we were talking about with kids is often niceness. I want them, my children to appear well-behaved, but Am I actually expecting them to be, you know, motivated and and practicing true kindness? That's a little bit harder. And it doesn't always look as nice. It doesn't always look as neat and tidy. Because sometimes kindness is telling the truth when it's ugly Mm -hmm. or uncomfortable. Let me say uncomfortable. I don't mean ugly, but uncomfortable. Sometimes it is allowing someone to struggle a little bit so that they can learn or that they can grow. And I'm talking about something like, you know, for my children 
Well, actually, on the playground one day at school, a little boy came down the slide and he was hanging off the edge of the slide and his little toes were only a couple inches from the bottom of the slide. He was so cute. And he was sitting there going, he was like in his little voice, like, help. <laughs> and I I walked over to him and I was like, I'm right here, but you can do this. And the nice thing to do would have been to grab him and just let him get down. But I let him kind of slip down and realize that you know, he was scared for a second or nervous, I should say, not scared, but he was a little nervous. Mm -hmm. But he was so proud of himself when he realized that he could do it all by himself. And niceness swooping in would have been less uncomfortable for both of us in that short term. But in the long term, being there with him and letting him know that he could do it on his own, I believe was kinder sure. again as an example i'm sure you could come up with many of your own well but. that just goes with that verse that we were talking about beforehand yeah i'll let you read that so we're talking about psalms 141 yeah psalm 141 four through five incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity and let me not eat of their dainties let the righteous smite me it shall be a kindness and let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head. For yet my prayers also shall be in their calamities. Right. Just going back to like the idea of you correct somebody, telling somebody that maybe there's a better way. That's a kindness. And hopefully it's received as such. Right. And it isn't always. And there is a lot of importance of, you know, speaking the truth in love, but letting someone go down a path that we can see the destruction at the end of it and we don't even speak up for our own comfort is not kindness. And let me read real quick where this comes from. You all probably know this. I mean, it's a very common verse, but it definitely doesn't hurt to be reminded of it. Ephesians 4.32 and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I, we often stop at the be kind one to another. I know, especially when I'm telling small children, you know, this is God's expectation for us that we are kind one to another. I kind of stop there because it's a short, easy thing to remember. But tenderhearted and forgiving one another, you know, are, are right there with it. And I don't think you can really separate those things. Just like you can't really... If you go up to the verse before it, and even to this to, to the previous verse, Ephesians thirty, it says, "And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed." And then it talks about, "Let all bitterness, anger, wrath, be put away from you." So you you can't fulfill verse thirty two and be kind without the Holy Spirit and without letting go of bitterness and wrath and anger yeah i was uh teaching our today or the ladies sunday school class today and we were talking about the whole put on put off put on principle and how we so often try to put on these good works without taking off the the hindering burdensome sin that's keeping us from fully living out the fruits of the spirit in our lives and um you know it's important usually these passages that say do something have those like prerequisite verses above them mm -hmm. or ahead of them and so it's it is so important we, we say this often but it's so important to just context read your read your bible in context 
But, you know, the end of that verse, that passage, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you, kindness is so much easier when we remember God's kindness towards us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have offended the nature of God. We've offended him, who he is we've, by our sin. But yet he has forgiven us. And so when offenses come our way and we have a choice to respond, we really have no excuse to not be responding with, you know, without bitterness, with forgiveness, with kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke 635 says, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil and that goes back to what i said at the beginning that we as adults we expect this out of children you know you need to share but for our own self we come up with the well they should know better they shouldn't be overstepping their boundaries they've offended me they've they're um they don't know their play they're just you know there's so many excuses and god is kind and to the unthankful and to the evil mm-hmm. and he's kind to us mm-hmm. so we have all of our excuses just kind of like float away in the wind in light of that for sure forget that we are those unkind unthankful evil people i mean honestly and i'm so thankful that god doesn't look at me in that light any longer because I'm one of his but the truth is before I came to Christ that 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 was me that was I was in that category Mm -hmm. and I still am wrestling a sin nature like God could easily say well she messed up again and she knew better and now I don't have to be kind to her but he doesn't choose that and so when people don't deserve our kindness oh well (laughs) right and I, I think you know we always talk about this but there are certain boundaries like safety, especially for you, for your children, like you have to, to be smart and, and, but sometimes walking away and just turning the other cheek and, and walking away is, is okay. And that's, that can be a kindness too. I was thinking also when talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, it says that in her tongue is the law of kindness. Oh, I hate that passage. <laughs> I do. I know. Please. Okay. I should. Let me go back. I. It's a convicting, painful verse. Yes. She is governed. Her mouth is governed by kindness. Mm-hmm. And oh, in her home, her mouth is governed by kindness. And that's kind of the, the, the point that I was going for there is that it's sometimes easier to be kind to people who you don't live with. And who you don't have to, you know, clean up after and spend all your waking moments with. And I always think of, it's funny, but this is not spiritual, I guess. But Little Women, when Joe's mom is talking to her about her temper and how she says, you know, well, I have a temper too. And Joe is just like completely surprised. Like, what do you mean? And then she explains that she has over the years controlled her tongue. She's walked out of the room. She's tried her best to control her temper. I love that part of the book because it is just so, you know, so like a mom. We do have these issues and 
many times I let it get the better of me, unfortunately. And um, it's just one of those things where some people are more natured and it comes more natural. You know, my mother-in-law is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And so patient, so kind, so even-tempered. And, you know, she lived with my husband. (laughs) And she's so gentle and kind and patient. And occasionally I'll look at my husband and be like, I'm just not as nice as your mom. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just not. And I wish I could be. But she just has, like, this different level of um, the ability to just be very, very calm and, and reasonable. And I've always looked at, like, like at amazement sometimes of the things that she just carries so well but some of us definitely are more temperamented that way is that a word is temperamental that's not a word i don't I know don't, i don't know either their temperament is more gentle i suppose but regardless of our temperament we all have the same expectations on us and isn't it funny how we start relating to the moms and books again not spiritual but like now, when I go back and read books, I'm like, all I'm like thinking about is the moms in these stories. That is, it is funny. That's like a whole nother layer of interest, I guess. But, Relatability. Yeah, for sure. But I, th- I think that Christians have survived for a long time on a very weak niceness. Like we have marked ourselves by niceness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a time in my life where I kind of came face to face with the fact that I was known as a nice person and I felt like that was like my, my Christian work. Like Mm -hmm. that was my testimony was like, I'm a nice girl. And I realized that that just simply wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And I truly wasn't always that nice, but I had this like perceived people perceived that about me or assumed that about me because of I'm smiley and I'm friendly and I can talk to anyone because that's just how God made me. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily a good witness to people. It's not necessarily even true sometimes. Like sometimes it was a facade of how I was, you know, acting when there weren't, you know, eyes on me. And so coming to that um, was humbling. Mm-hmm. And it was also a big change in who I am. And I, I and actually... In some ways, I started setting boundaries in my life with people that were kind of necessary ones. So they weren't like harsh ones or mean ones, but I was actually able to say no when I needed to say no to to leave room for other important things and stuff like that. Because my concern wasn't, am I doing the nice thing that people are going to like me for or am I doing the right thing? And so, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty life altering actually when I came to that kind of hard look in the mirror moment and decided I didn't want to be known as being a nice person anymore. Right. <laughs> Any other adjectives that I hope people call me when I'm long gone or when I'm gone and they're standing over me one day. To, <laughs> I, I don't want to hear, I don't want people to say that she was a nice person. That's the last thing I want people to say about me. Sure. I want them to say she followed Jesus. She was kind, like hopefully kind, but Nice is just not good enough. And Jesus was not a nice person. He he wasn't nice. He was kind and he was good. But mm-hmm. there were many people that would definitely not have pegged him as nice. Right. I think there's also this 
and the idea of the differences between like sympathy and empathy you know like true empathy is getting in the muck and the mire with somebody and helping them through a difficult time sympathy is just saying oh i feel bad for you i'm sorry that you're going through this empathy is actually acting and proving what you're saying is true And I think that's kind of a similar comparison in that niceness versus kindness, sympathy versus true empathy. Yeah, for sure. I get horrific sympathy pains for people. Like when people are telling a story about like some kind of medical emergency or something, I will fall apart. Like my body will start hurting all over. And but that does nothing for them. It (laughs) It sure doesn't. It makes me look crazy. Because I'll like bend over and be like in agony, and but that doesn't do anything other than make a, a scene, right? <laughs> but like you said, empathy would be like, oh my goodness, how are you now? Do you need something now? How can I help you? You know, or you know, actually, like you said, being there for them and help, like physically helping them, spiritually helping them, whatever the the emergency is. But yeah, my my silly sympathy pains don't don't do. <laughs> I wish I could get rid of them, but it's so strange. It's so strange, and they they make me weak in the knees. Oh goodness! <laughs> like, but it's no good, and it's kind of one of those. Um, that's a silly, silly, silly example, but it's that kind of sounding brass and mm-hmm. symbols moment of you can make a lot of noise, mm-hmm. and pretty noise, but it's just noise if there's not true love at the root of it. Mm-hmm. And true love is in, in that passage from Corinthians 13. It's real, true, active love. Yes. Boots on the ground, love. Yeah. There you go. You can tell who's the military wife. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us in this episode. We look forward to getting back into the groove here. And Better work out this whole time change thing. And All right. We'll see you. Bye. We are honored that you chose Simply Edify to be a part of your day. If this episode was a blessing to you, would you consider subscribing to our podcast as well as writing a review or giving us a rating? This would be such a help to our ministry. We would love for other people to find us, and this is one of the ways that they can. Thank you.